Radio. This is Catholics Read on cradio.org.au. Hello and welcome to this episode of Catholics Read. I'm Luke. And I'm Kiara. And I'm Victoria. And in this episode, we are reading The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien. Um, I'm not sure what the J and the R and the R stand for. John Kiara. Ronald Richard. I don't know. It could be Richard oh. Tolkien. I have to look that know. up. Let's... Is that like Reagan or something? It's at the... Hang on. Let's check. <laughs> We're going to check this. We're going to solve the infinite Reagan. mystery of what the J-R-R stands for. Come on. Tell us what it is. Uh, I don't want to have to look on the internet. You're going to have to look on the internet. Uh, here we go. Okay, we're off to a flying start. <laughs> yeah, we're already on, the, on Wikipedia, everybody. Classic millennials. Yes. I googled it. What? I don't know how you pronounce that. It's John Ronald Reuel? R-E-U-E-L. Oh, Ruel. 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 Not Reagan. Not Reagan. That's the president. Not Richard. Okay, now that we have that cleared up. The Hobbit. Um... I don't think we really need to... Most of our listeners would know what The Hobbit's about, surely. Unless they've seen the movies, in which that case they might be entirely confused. That's true, actually. About what the plot actually... different. Um, well, 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 it's not completely They've different. just got a lot of stuff that they added into that aren't there's actually lot, in the book. So there's if a lot you look, less orcs. No, no, a lot there, less orcs. There's a lot less orcs. There's a lot less... Um, you know, only passing mention of Dol Guldur. Dol Guldur. Um, there's no weird men, no mention of the other wizard elf romance thing happening. No, there's no weird elf. Actually. There's no Legolas either. There's there no, no Legolas. Legolas. No, there is no Twariel as well. She's a made-up character. Although actually, she might be in the Silmarillion somewhere. But yeah, she's like not in the Hobbit. There's no weird awkward love triangle. Oh, that's so weird <laughs> between Legolas and Twariel. Like, and, and just the dwarf. Uh, and there's no and yeah. No, anyway. anyway. Anyway, all that aside. Um, yeah, basically the story is, is Bilbo Baggins lives happily in his hobbit hole. Gandalf comes along and says, you're going on an adventure. And so Bilbo says, no, I'm not. And then pretends he's not for a day. And then the dwarves turn up and then they all go on an adventure. They get stuck in some woods. They, mountains. So, yeah, they get they are captured by goblins, stuck in some woods, um, you know, sit in the town for a while, then eventually have to go fight, fight a dragon. Except they don't. Except, well, this, except the dragon buggers off and goes and tries to burn the town. Um, and then someone else kills the dragon. And then Thorin takes over, becomes a bit of a... T- Thorin takes over, becomes king out of the mountain, becomes a tyrant, pisses everybody off. Caught, you know, orcs come along. Elves and dwarves get there's together and war. fight the, fight the orcs. The big gold. battle of the five armies, because there's five armies there. It's three against two. Um, and then eventually everybody goes back to... Thorin dies, Killy, Killy and Philly die. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, and everybody goes back to Rivendell for a bit, and then Bilbo goes home again with the one ring because he to- picks that up along the way in the caves. <laughs> yeah. to, shorten, to shorten things a little bit, um, oh, yeah, I'll, be summary? Qu- I'll be quoting um, Peter Kreeft here. Oh, he Peter says, Kreeft is awesome. Um, Peter Kreeft is our favourite Bostonian philosopher here at Cradio. Um, I don't actually know any other Bostonian philosophers. Nor do I. I just know that he's the best. Um, oh, that explains his accent. <laughs> now, where was I going to start from? Some say there are only 12 basic plots. Some say seven. Some say three. I say one. Jihad. Spiritual warfare. Whoa. Yeah, there you go. Spiritual warfare. First set up, then upset, then reset, either happily or unhappily. 
First there is good, then evil, then warfare, with some resolution. Theologians know this threefold scheme as creation, fall, and redemption. Bilbo Baggins calls it there and back again. Which Boom. is the subtitle to the book. Yes. Well, okay. it's the story that Bilbo himself wrote, which Tolkien so retells. So, leaving the Shire, all the adventures, coming back to the Shire. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I don't know what to talk about, but I bet Victoria does, and I bet Kiara does, so... How about you go, Kiara? Well... In case you have a, in case this is your first, the first time you're hearing um, Catholics read, I should put a disclaimer in that I am a huge Tolkien nut. I love this book. I love these series. If you ever say anything bad about J.R. Tolkien or any of his works, I will hit you with my through the internet, through the internet with my fifth, sorry, fiftieth anniversary <laughs> edition of the entirety of the Lord of the Rings, which is bigger than some Bibles. There you go. There you go. So yeah, don't say. So Victoria, what do you have to say? <laughs> <laughs> After that threat, um, don't Sorry, say anything. Let's go about... a little bit mild. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just talked about these the books, book okay? The... <laughs> I just love these books. They're so awesome. Um, I was writing a They're few little notes thing. of things that I thought were. Uh, oh, she's organised. Uh, I disclaimer: I didn't finish the book. I've, I've read it before. It's my favourite book, but I didn't read it this time all the way through. Uh, I got sidetracked by life. <laughs> that happens. And life does and that. sloth. So, <laughs> let's be realistic. Um, so, one of the things I brought up, and this was with Luke in the in the office a few hours ago, was the fact that when I was reading this, I was actually quite upset because I realised I couldn't uh, imagine the characters anymore aside from the films. Uh, Did you find that? N- I mean, to be honest, I... No, not in the same See, way, because not, not I... I knew the book really well before the movies came along. Well, and I was so very hard to remember what I th- thought of them as before. Lord so of the Rings, got- I had that problem with. <clears throat> I can't imagine Lord of the Rings as the characters in Lord of the Rings as anything other than the movie characters, which is really weird. The background Legolas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, background Legolas. We've had a lot of fun discovering him in the office today. <laughs> background Legolas. Oh, you look I know at- what you're talking about Orlando now. Orlando Bloom, alleged, alleged. Is this true? I don't know how it's, true it's. It's... It's rumoured, but I'm pretty sure it has been cited from some interview that Orlando Bloom was, wasn't was made aware or didn't bother to make himself aware of what was actually going on in some scenes. So he just uh, concluded to look sort of wisdomous, because that's a word, um, just in the back of scenes. But when you actually look, he looks quite flummoxed. <laughs> or just, or just, just, or just a bit off with the fairies. Okay. The, on the internet, if you want something the entertaining. The other one to look up is Party Thranduil, if you want Oh, to. that is a good one, actually, yes. Oh, dear. Anyway, which is a little bit more relevant to The Hobbit, but anyway. But yeah, Legolas doesn't even get mentioned in The Hobbit. He appears like... Having said that, though, chronologically speaking, he could <laughs> he could have been around. <laughs> He's giving the camera petromise almost. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're looking at gifts. <laughs> Here. Yeah, and we're going to stop now because we need to get we back need, on track. We need to talk <laughs> about the book. Yes, book. But that was that was just a problem I thought I'd put forth. The fact that my um, so you imagination can't imagine poor was... Thor- like Thorin as anyone other than I Richard tried, Armitage. I tried so hard. And it was. <laughs> it was it, it's Which also is confusing due to... because his character is quite different between. The yes, two he's not well. Prince Whiny well, Broody McBroody Pants. Well, we were talking about the fact that <laughs> a... <laughs> well. well, a few of the characters are different. So Thorin's different. He's actually quite merry in the book when he wants to be. But yeah. another huge one were the elves because the elves are very mischievous and 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 um, oh, they're happy totally different and um 
like jubilant and a bit sneaky and, and a bit well, che- sneaky. Cheeky. cheeky is the right word. Yeah, but in the in the films they're quite stoic and Ugh. only wear grey and um, don't smile. Yeah, and, it's... and they've never slatched in their lives. No, <laughs> no, they have and poles I, up their bottoms. I just, I just wonder where <laughs> this this came from, and it's I don't know. It's, it's because and look, it, it's 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 partially Peter Jackson and partially Tolkien. So because. The Tolkien portrayed the elves as rather frivolous in The mm. Hobbit because this is a children's book. This is yes. a children's book. This isn't a grown-up book. But even in The Lord of the Rings, um, at the beginning when uh, Bilbo – no, not Bilbo – Frodo meets the ones that are on the edge of the Shire, they're playing on their harps mm. and they're really laid back. And Part, Yeah, and again, it's because Peter Jackson, for simplicity's sake, has not distinguished between the different types of elves. Yeah, because these, the yeah. these are the woodland elves. And that's how Tolkien sort of got around the fact that he made these elves rather frivolous and not very, ser- you know, mirthful and not very serious, when in reality for Lord of the Rings he did need some serious elves. That's true. And okay. he got around in saying that there were different pe- there were different races, you know, types of elves. And so you had the woodland elves... And then you had the elves of Lothlorien, and then you had the Rivendell elves, and they're yeah, all different. The Rivendell different. elves are really frivolous as well. Sometimes, yes, but they also have a, they're like the happy medium between the okay. Lothlorien elves, which are the really ancient ones. Mm. And although Elrond himself is pretty ancient, but that's a that's backstory that's not anywhere, anywhere near in the Hobbit. But you know, the reality is is that Peter Jackson made a decision to go with the portrayal of the Lothlorien elves in the Hobbit, no, which okay. totally changes the interaction and the whole which i didn't really didn't like about the films because the part where they're stuck in the woods was one of my favorite parts because and they only give like two minutes to it in the movie and then give a stupidly long action sequence of you know legolas shooting orcs in the face with arrows go well the <laughs> hobbits are going down yeah, a river like which doesn't matrix. happen in the book <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, which is a real shame to me because that's sort of the central, that's sort of like the central happening of the book is just being lost in the woods of Mer- in Mirkwood. But as, as as we mentioned, I guess, I guess it's talking about like the characters in that as well. I think the difference between, like we were talking about this before we started, but the difference between the book, the medium of a book and the medium of a film, mm. it's a lot more difficult. And I think in a film, surprisingly enough, I guess because it's a film with such a large cast, with so many characters, it's quite difficult to create a a character with complex emotions and a complex personality, as, like, with Thorin, for example. I mean, in the book, he's everything from happy, jovial, to polite, to... He's a person. ...to broody broody pants, as you say. Like, he goes through all those things. Whereas in a film, it would be really difficult because you'd be like, man, does this character, like, stick to an emotion or something? Because it's a lot more... It's got to yeah, be but the problem, is, the problem is that they would have had time to do that over three movies had they not shoved all the other stuff in there. <laughs> if it was not um, 70% legless doing the Matrix. Yes. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, but we, di- we digress. We digress. About the book. I mean, it, look, it's really hard to not talk about the movies because the third one has just been released at the time of this recording. As you know, it's been released for a month, and yeah. you know, every, that's all everyone talks about is the Hobbit movie. The Hobbit movie. Yeah, it's a big Australian thing, I think, for families to go on Boxing Day. I found a lots of people do that. There's nothing so. else that's okay. uh, yeah, it's true. It's, yeah, Mac is the movies. <laughs> that's about it. Australia. So, yeah, I mean, Victoria, I know you were, before this, you were looking up 
I was looking up a few things. I um I was looking up a lot of Peter Creep because he has he's, he's a big t- Tolkien nerd too. He, actually, oh Tolkien and C.S. <laughs> Lewis just Creep loves them. But two podcasts I'd really recommend for further knowledge and understanding and things like that, which I will refer back to at some point or another in the podcast. Uh, this podcast um is Identity. It's just called Identity, and the other one is Ten Uncommon Insights into Evil from the Lord of the Rings. Both are really really good and. Things I'll be talking about might. Come He's also from those. actually written a book which I have at home. It's called The Philosophy of Tolkien, Ooh. and he goes through all the philosophical themes through all like Tolkien's whole um, whole world. So everything from the Silmarillion to Lord of the Rings to all the all the other bits and pieces around. I can lend it to you. Like, I can bring it in Fantastic. for you next well, time. I've got to like read the Silmarillion, so I'll you get need, there. You don't need to read the Silmarillion mm. to read this book. Oh, okay. Um. I was halfway through the Silmarillion and was about to give up, and then I read Peter Kreef's book. I'm like, no, I'm going to keep going, especially because there was a rather traumatic story in the Silmarillion, which I, yeah, yeah. There you go. Warning. Yes, don't the children children of her of Hurin is not for the faint-hearted. Goodness. And I only read the short version. Anyway, back to the Hobbit, back to the Hobbit <laughs> which is awesome, which is an awesome children's book, probably one of the greatest children book children's books ever written. But there's a lot in there for adults. I mean, yeah. there's I think only an adult can really understand sometimes Bilbo's his disposition to just want to be back in his Hobbit hole and and warm, be safe and, and comfortable. Like a child, and it was not the last time. <laughs> I thought that. I thought that was quite a good motif that kept going. Yeah, about. but I think only maybe an adult can understand that. Like you know, after a long day, like playing with kids, running about you and stuff, you just want to like sit in an armchair. And we've all got that Bilbo Baggins sort of like in us somewhere. Yes. We can always relate to it. Yeah, I imagine, but I imagine it would be quite even so difficult. Because like I'm when I'm reading this, I feel like my my whole life is I mean it's not I, I work and stuff. My whole life is not Bilbo Baggins, but in the sense of I guess for a lot of around Tolkien's time, a lot of men having to be sent off to war, etc. Um, Tolkien was fought. You know he he was fought in the First World War. All of his friends of died in the First World War. British men in a much more horrific sense than what's in here, but men sitting in trenches or German men or Turkish men or whatever, everyone, um, just wish they were back home. Yeah. There were probably plenty of moments like that, that for all, and that's what drives the dwarves as well. I mean, they want to be back home. It's just the, their home is on the other end of a dragon. Yes. Um, <laughs> a bit so, unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's, it's quite good. Actually, could we talk them. a little bit about Smog? Yeah. Sure. Like, He's an Thank interesting you so portrayal. Much for saying it like that. Yes, it's sick not, and tired of Smaug. It's, yeah. it's no, it's uh, it's, it's Smog, like yes. smorgasbord. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Benedict Cumberbatch, for ruining that for everyone. Um, you but also, you thank you, Benedict Cumberbatch, for Sherlock. That's a that's a legit thank you. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch has done a lot of good things, but. I'm sure it wasn't up to him. Well, maybe not, to but it I'm yeah. sure someone may have pulled him aside if he said it wrong and said, Psst, it's actually like this. Instead works. of saying, ooh, Bendit Cumberbatch said it. We must thus continue it like this. I don't know. That's, a possibility. Uh, anyway. That's what but happened sorry, in Pirates of the Caribbean with the Kraken and the Kraken. Just putting it out there. The first actor to say it in the series of shooting said it, Kraken. And the rest just followed when it's actually Kraken. It's Kraken? Yeah. Yeah. My my evidently my vocabulary has been formed 
and molded by Hollywood films. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than anyway, the, um, we digress once again. Dragons. <laughs> um, just what the kind of evil he represents, because it's a really interesting. It's glamour. Yeah, and vanity and avarice. This, this really, what's something really that's really interesting about it is how they talk about when you're in his presence. Like, you have, like, it's almost like a spell is cast over. Yeah, the gaze of the dragon, yes. He never mentions anything about magic or anything like this. But having this conversation with him, he's able to draw information out of you because of, like, his charismatic way of speaking. He's a gigantic dragon. Who's about to eat you. But, like, it says, you know, that that there's this almost, like, this power that he has. And, again, it doesn't mention anything about magic. It's just, like, this presence about him and the way that he uses words and things like that. His gravitas. Yeah, yeah, is very difficult to resist. Um, And I guess the reason why I use the word, I've possibly used it before in this, like glamour, is that that's what the word glamour means. Really? It's like glamour doesn't necessarily mean, like the way we we use it as a positive word, like, you know, glamorous. But what it is, it's like you're set under um, under a spell, under an illusion kind of thing. And you're, it's almost like, um, like the ring itself, you know how mm. they have this attraction to the ring and they can't get away from it, or like a mosquito with like the the, the little buzz thing, the light, mm. and they can't get away from the light and they keep going towards. That's glamour. So wow. like in fairy stories about how like you know they tell you don't what is it don't touch anything or don't eat anything. What like, do they always say in fairy stories? Don't you're not allowed to do something when you're in the enchanted land. Yeah, don't touch anything. Don't you touch should. anything. Because there's this glamorous, like, you can get this kind of attraction to it and you'll be stuck there forever. It's like, well, it, or it's like, you know, the the queen, the white queen's food in Narnia casts a glamour. I haven't read Narnia, but yeah. <laughs> okay, no, we are story. doing every single one of the Chronicles of Narnia for Catholics read to make Luke, re- Luke read the Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> um. Here we go. <laughs> Hang on a second. I just wanted to... I was just... I've, I've been looking at the book, which is why I've been very quiet for the last, you know, couple of minutes. Um, where... Just, re, you know, re, re-reading the section where you meet actually meet Smog, And it's... It's really, really interesting. Um, especially this part here. To say that Bilbo's breath was taken away is no description at all. There are no words left to express his staggerment since men changed the language they learned of elves in the days when the world was wonderful. Bilbo had heard tell and sing of dragon hordes before, but the splendour, the lust, the glory of such treasure had never come home to him. His heart was filled and pierced with enchantment with the desire of dwarves, and he gazed motionless, almost forgetting the frightful guardian at the gold beyond price and count. Mm. Like, this is... That's glamour. Yeah, right there. there. And, but the other thing, too, that Smog, I think, represents is just rage. Like, this isn't isn't total evil. This isn't the kind of evil that Sauron is, which is this pure, you know, this sort of the pure sense of evil. Yes, Mm. this absolute absence of anything good. This is... Corruption. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's, it's a, and, you know, and Smog, and, you know, Smog's downfall is his anger and his rage when his horde is touched. I loved the description about how when he lo- loses the goblet or whatever, and, like, because Bilbo takes it and he goes to show off. Yeah. And he smells it. 
and I can't find it, but the description he uses is really funny. Tolkien says that because he's um, yeah. He says it's like it's like when a rich person who has way too much stuff loses something that's of little use that has been of little use to them before. <laughs> like he he kind of takes this pot shot at like incredibly rich people being really stingy about their stuff that like mm. they've never cared about you know their incredibly expensive cutlery that they never use. But if someone takes a fork. That's it. Yeah. It's in a, that's not all rich people. I'm just saying, like, that's the description that he uses to describe yeah, Greedy that. people. This, mm-hmm. like, but not just greedy, but, like, um, penny-pinching greedy people. Yeah. Like, the kind of people that, that will... Cheap, cheap, you know... That will wa- walk over, like, their best friend to get, you know, the to get money... But you know they'll they'll proceed and they have more money and they have clothes because they can, because they don't want to spend more than you know five bucks or or they'll buy the cheapest food or whatever. Not that these are buying cheap food or clothes is a bad thing, but it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it seems like yeah because they're they actually care to having that money. They don't want to use it no they're, for they're, good they're, or anything. That they hoard they just hoard it like you know mm. the same way some people hoard other things like I hoard books, but you know they use. <laughs> If someone takes a book from Kiara, hey! If you don't give my book back, I get really annoyed because I spend my <laughs> well, not quite, not quite, not unless you deny the fact that you took my book. Then I get very cranky. Um, well, if you admitted that you took my book, then I'm not going to be angry. <laughs> Quote Kiara. Well, yeah, as long as I say, okay, can I have it back? Thank you. It's a bit oh, like goodness. the Arkansas. Oh. Um, oh, where yeah. is it? Where is it? Where is it? Perhaps while you're looking for that. No, 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 I've gone too um, far. What are you looking for? The bit where Small gets angry and he realises what he has Uh, been stolen. And I love the bit at the end where he tries to figure out who nicked his stuff because he hasn't ever seen a hobbit before. Yeah. Or smelt a hobbit or encountered a hobbit. So he's um, trying to figure out who took, you know, who took his stuff. (laughs) He's like, it's not a dwarf, it's not a this, it's not a that. Are you talking about where he first discovers him losing the... Yes, 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 yes. Oh, da, 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 the Arkenstone, the Arkenstone, blah, blah, blah. Here we go. There's like a thing about murder, rage, or something he goes on about. Yeah, uh, in my book it's page 200, but... Are you talking about this? Yeah. Thieves, fire, murder. Such a thing had not happened since the first since first he came to the mountain. Are you talking yes, about that? Yes, that bit. It's just fabulous. You found it. Here we go. Thieves, fire, murder. Such a thing had not happened since he first came to the mountain. His rage passes description, the sort of rage that is only seen when rich folk that have more than they can enjoy suddenly lose something that they have long had, but never before used or wanted. (laughs) His fire belched forth the whole smoke, he shook the mountain roots, he thrust his head in vain at the little hole, and then coiling his length together, roaring like thunder underground, then sped from his deep lair through the great door, out into the huge patches of the mountain palace and up towards the front gate. And then he does... Da, 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 da. Eat some ponies. Yeah, then he eats. Then he eats their ponies. Very sadly, I was a bit hurt by that. Poor yeah, poor, poor ponies get the brunt of it. Oh in, yeah, like, in... eaten by everyone. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. It, makes, um, makes, it hurts my heart. It hurts I my heart. Perhaps one thing that I wanted, to... Victoria. Was there anything you wanted to mention? No, Just no, 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 no. 
Continue. I feel like you, you, you were really researching this well and you had like... It's okay. So we ha- we haven't gone near where I wanted to talk about it. It doesn't well, matter. Let's do it. No, 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 no. Go no, no, near no, no. it. We're doing it right Cut now. It touch no, it. No, no, no. Just touch no, it. We're not, I, it's, we're not going anywhere near it. It's in like, it's not worthwhile. Don't worry. Cut it out. We're not talking. No, because it's, no, it's either talk a lot about it or don't talk anything about it. That's just okay. fine. All right, that's fine. Let's start talking a little bit. Wait, what do you... T- what do you give, us hint, give us a hint yeah, of what it is. <laughs> okay, we've got, we've got four minutes. No, no, no. It's not worth it. Okay. okay. Well, I guess what I wanted to talk about was how this book is written, I find amazing. Um, Christopher Tolkien, in the... In there's a preface here from an earlier edition of the book. He talks about how he remembers his father... He's J.R. Tolkien's son, if you hadn't gathered that. Um, used to, with his back to the fire, used to tell this story like in a really <gasps> that animated would have been way. Tremendous. And it was great that I read this first because the whole book I was reading it, imagining like a father telling it. this to his children. It was brilliant. I loved it so much. And the way that it felt like it was really written, like it was an oral history or an oral tradition being written down. Yeah. Because there's bits and pieces where it's like, it admits, we don't actually know what happened here. Like, Mm. it's a bit entertaining. And the other thing that I found interesting about it was that whenever the, like, in a lot of the scenes, it felt very scriptural, I thought. Very much like those those parts of of the Bible that are dealing with histories. Um, Where it will, say, summarise something that, you know... It will summarise the feel of an entire crowd of people with a quote or something like that from the people. So the people will shout X or from the crowd was said this or there was a sudden anger that came over them. Mm -hmm. Something that like you would never really be able to see in a film or in a historical account in the way that we would have it today. But something that feels very ancient about the way that he's written this. And this is because Tolkien was a great lover of mythology. Mm. I mean, he was a professor of Eng- of Eng- of the English language and also of myth of myth and mythic history. So he translated Beowulf as translate. You know, um, he translated. Um, he one of his other huge influences was a Finnish epic called the Kalevala, which I have a copy of it at home. And um, awesome, awesome epic poem um, in two volumes because it's an epic poem. Um, and then, of course, you know, the Odyssey and the Iliad and, you know, all the epic mythology that Tolkien felt was cut. You know, all this, you know, all this culture in English, like, you know, Anglo-Saxon culture that was being developed that was suddenly cut short by the Norman invasion. Mm. Um, yeah. So that's what the, Ro- like, so if you go jump to Lord of the Rings, the Rohan uh, that are Anglo, you know, are Vikings on horses, essentially. And the reason why... That is, is because Tolkien had this crazy theory that if the Anglo-Saxons had a cavalry, they would have beat the Normans at the Battle of Hastings and the whole Frenchification of the English language never would have happened. Wow. So that's what the Rohan are, which is, you know... And you can see this, like, I suppose, grasp for the past in... um, If you read The Hobbit, sometimes people get very upset and they skip all the the poems and the songs. Yes. uh, Because they find them boring or something. You absolutely shouldn't because what Kara's saying is coming through in that because uh, Tolkien basically didn't use any of the meters or anything used back in the Romantic period or before that. He went straight back to archaic folkloric meter. And he used it in a way that I didn't realize until I read this excellent article by Corey Olson in the Wall Street Journal about The Hobbit and about how the poems he uses shows you more about the culture in which um, you're being thrown into. So 
the goblins have these ones that have like smash and crash and all this sort of mm-hmm. stuff. Oh, it's a great, I one, love that. Yeah, but it's like one syllabic words with these stresses that enforce and reinforce this this violence in their world. And it that's your first interaction with them, that song, that chant Their marching song. And it tells you more about them than than I suppose paragraphs could. And the same with the elves. They've got these roll along. They've got this song that says rolling along the something anyway and they're using these long vowels and it's got this Mm. it's got a feel to it and so pay attention to the songs and the lyrics because they tell you more about the peoples than you think especially the dwarves and their songs because those have this almost chant sort of feel to it that draws you into which i will say they did beautifully in the film it was pretty good like that scene where they I mean, I'm just disappointed they didn't actually do the whole thing, but that's yeah. exactly how I thought that song would sound. Well, let me read to you. That's why I love the first Hobbit movie. The other two, we'll forget about the second one. Well, basically, they put into that song comes in the, <laughs> these words from the book. Um, and suddenly first one and then another began to sing as they played, deep-throated singing of the dwarves in the deep places of their ancient homes. So that sentence they used to create that that almost drone-like um, deep, enchanting, deep-throated sort of beauty that's in that. Again, it's in that very song. ancient. It it's ancient. Very ancient, like. But then you know, just in the couple of pages before, chip the classes and crack the plates, blunt the knives and bend the forks. That's what Bilbo Baggins hates. Having, I love this having song, said sorry. that, though, and this is Corey Olson talks about this as well. The fact that. Some might say that that's similar to the Goblin song, but it's not because it's this it's frivolous domestic sort of humorous fake yeah, violence. Yeah, making fun of exactly. Bilbo. You could even see them as that's the antithesis what of each other. hate so carefully, carefully with the plates. Like, you know. <laughs> Such tricksters. I know. Like, they're just having some fun. And again, I thought they did that scene in the movie really well as well. You can see Bilbo running around panicking yeah, and the, you yeah. know, the dwarves are just making fun of him. Like, Mo- the- moment to acknowledge the fact that... Um, Martin Freeman is Bilbo Baggins. I'm just putting it out there. Like yes, he was the only. But he's not John Watson. <laughs> They're quite similar sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but just that, you know, that sort of. Um, it's British. It's very British. That's the only yes. way I can do sensible Britishness. Yes. Bagginsness. Yes, but there that's, is. And that's where, like, again, what you were saying there about the songs and that each of the you can see that Tolkien has put so much effort into developing the cultures of these things, like their personalities. Each person has, each individual character has a personality, but there's a general but sense... peoples have personalities as well. ...culture mm. to it. So, like, you could, like, he would talk about with the, um, the, the hobbits, that they were quite good at sneaking. They were sensible people. Okay, you had the... They were shy. What was it? The, the tooks. The, the tooks. Yeah. yeah the the, they, okay, they, they were a bit of a, they were a bit of an exception to the, to the hobbit rule. But on the... All in all, they're quite sensible. They're very British, as you say. They're very mm. British. Well, on the other hand, you have the dwarves they're... who couldn't sneak if their lives depended on it. Literally. <laughs> yes. Like, there's a dragon, and they're trying to go on a conk, conk, conk. <laughs> like, and yelling. And Bilbo's like, you're breathing too loudly. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> like, that kind of thing. And then, you, of course, we've talked about the elves, how they're quite mischievous. and They're, you know, merry and mirthful and But also and mysterious, and, and they mysterious have a wisdom. And, yes, they're, they, yes, they are. It's, I, 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 lo- I love how he's been able to do that. Um, but I think we're out of time. <laughs> yes. This, again, I've said this, I think, at the, la- at the end of the last couple of episodes. There is so much we could talk about with this. We could probably mm. do a second episode on it. But 
Um, if we get desperate, we might. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> I think because yeah, we haven't even got to the Mirkwood bit and Atacop. Yeah, it's. I love. I, I do just while we're talking about poem, I do love that bit. Atacop. Yeah, when he's making Where fun is... of the spiders and taunting the spiders. Yeah. Giving them funny names. And yeah, and making and you know he's panicking, trying not to be caught by deadly spiders, and is also making up poetry to insult them. Like well, that's, yeah. what, that's what you do. That's what you, you know? do. It's great. That's a lost art. We need to reclaim that art. <laughs> the art of wit. Um, but yeah, I, we we have to we have to wrap up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, what what are we doing next, Kiara? Are we going to do Evelyn Moore? Ooh, what kind of Elvin War? Short There's story. A short story by yeah. Dystopian short story. Let's yeah, do we're it. having we're gonna do did, did we discuss we discussed this on the page. I don't know if I you saw it. I don't know if you saw it. But maybe we, we're currently know. we're going to do over the next like maybe two months or something. Um a dystopia. bit of a dystopia inspired we've already, by Pope Francis. Well we've actually. already done a few, like the ones who walk away from Omelas. Even mm. even uh the man who is Thursday. Yes. Topic. Yes. So this yes. is good. But I like actually, this. Um, and it was inspired by Pope Francis, Pope Francis who keeps re- referencing this dystopic novel from the early 19th century. Yeah, by a priest. 20th century. Well, let's go for it. I'm yeah. excited. And then you follow it up with Brave Brave New World. Oh, and we should read that, yeah. 1984 and maybe one other if we think of if something comes up that's of significance or we could leave it at that because threes yeah, are good. Four. Four. Yes. The Evelyn War. Yes. Lord of the World, which is the Pope Francis. Yes. Um, you're talking about. Um, 1984 and Brave New World. I'm really excited. Okay. And you should be excited too, listeners. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> excited for Stay- dystopia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, welcome to the 21st century. Okay. So, yeah, we will read the Evelyn War one. We haven't actually got the name of it. What's it called? It's, um, it's in that article that I... Uh, it's, a, it's a short story by Evelyn War. We'll go with that. Yes. <laughs> we'll <laughs> so, let you know. Yeah, you, you'll, you'll figure it out soon enough. So, listen to us next time, please. That sounded a bit desperate. Um, <laughs> you want to retake that, Luke, or are you okay? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to Yeah, no, please listen rolling. to us. Um, please listen to us. Please send us emails. We have been getting, like, comments of where Luke messes up. Um, um, it's, been, it's been good. But nothing um, where, where us two mess up. It's great. I don't know. It was just in reference to... Um, but anyway, it was it was good. We've had people, like, clarifying certain things. Um, here's one, actually. It's a comment on the page that I saw today. Um, wife of Bath. Bath isn't a person. Bath's it's a, a place. It's a place, yes. Bath in England. Yeah. I've been there. For some reason, that escaped me. Um, but there you go. I'm glad that that was cleared up. So Oops. there we go. That's one more next to the um, list. To the list. Yeah, we need to actually have the list like here so that we can like sure. run through them like at the beginning Bath of every episode. Is a place, not a husband. Um, <laughs> Yeats is Yeats. Yeats is Yeats. <laughs> Yeats is Yeats. That one could be in large bold capital letters, but we really have to go. So we will. Be back with something by Evelyn Wall. We're not 100% sure what it is, but yeah. Bye. Bye. That was an episode of Catholics Free from cradio.org.au.